The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. I want you to think about this while I preach today, while we get into this text from 1 Timothy chapter 1. The song that you just finished singing, called Chief of Sinners Though I Be, it's a song that doesn't get sing, sung very often in the church today, and I think you can probably guess why, right? That first line of the song, it punches you in the gut. You, you sing that opening line, and you sing along with all your brothers and sisters in Christ in the room, you say, Chief of Sinners Though I Be. It requires you to, to have the humility to confess your sins to God. And I think that's a really cool, really unique thing that we're able to do here at this church because I'll tell you what happens when we're not able to confess our sins to God. What happens when we don't confess our sins is we lose the gospel. And that's something that we will not lose here. That's something that I want to show to you today is the gospel. This text, a little bit of context about it, it's from 1 Timothy. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul was writing to a pastor, a young pastor, um, a protege pastor of his named Timothy. And he's telling Timothy in this text, you preach the gospel. That's what we'll do today. This reading is from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. And Paul actually coined a word here. It's a word that means super abundant, describing the grace of God. Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now, to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning for people in this room. If there's anyone here who doesn't know yet the gospel, today I ask you, make them know it. I pray for people in this room who may think that they know the gospel but aren't clear about it. Lord, make it clear. And Spirit, I pray for those in this room who know the gospel. Deepen them in it. Hear us for Jesus' sake. Amen. There's something about Jesus. <laughs> I don't think anybody in this room is going to argue with me about that. 
Some of you, maybe that's the reason that you're here. There's just something about Jesus. Maybe you don't know exactly what it is yet. But there's just something about him. There was something about Jesus where, where crowds would just gather around him like he was a magnet in there. There was something about Jesus where he would sit down and talk with a prostitute and she would weep for joy in his presence. And there is something about Jesus that would make a grumpy old apostle like Paul coin a new Greek word because he felt that there was no other word that could do justice to the grace of God. There was just something about Jesus. People would either respond like that or can read the Gospels can read the Bible and we can see that the other reaction that people had was jealousy for him getting that attention from sinners. And we saw it in our gospel lesson for today, Luke chapter 15. We saw there were people outside as Jesus was, was sitting down with sinners. They sat outside and they made up a tagline about Jesus. They made up a tagline so that they could warn people about him. They said about Jesus, this man welcomes sinners. It was a tagline they made up about him. It was about the worst thing that they could come up with. It was about the the worst thing that they could say to warn people, hey, this guy, he sits with sinners, and if he is okay with sin, he must be the worst of sinners himself. Watch out for that guy. They made up a tagline about him. They hoped it would stick and, and they hoped that it would ruin Jesus. But, but you know what happened, right? <laughs> they hoped that the tagline would ruin his reputation. What the tagline did was it cemented his reputation. You know what the apostles did? You know what the disciples did with this tagline? They wrote it down. They wrote it down in their Gospels. They wrote it down in their writings so that generations of people, thousands of years after the fact, could remember this is who Jesus is. He welcomes sinners. And Jesus himself, what did he do with this tagline? He went and he made it his personal mission statement while on earth. You know, yesterday we sat down as a a church. We had a big meeting and we we were discussing our mission statement as a church. This is Jesus' mission statement. He welcomes sinners. You know, you can see biblical proof of that. You can see in the account of a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. People thought he was the worst of sinners. Jesus went to his house. The people outside said, this man welcomes sinners. And Jesus said, I came to seek the lost. Mark chapter 2. You can hardly get out of the first two chapters of his book before you see Jesus sitting down with sinners. And the people outside are saying, this man welcomes sinners. And Jesus says, I came to heal the sick. There's something about Jesus. You know what it was? It's coming. So why am I going into this? It's because there's something simple going on in 1 Timothy chapter 1. What Paul is doing is he is simply quoting Jesus. 
He's simply quoting Jesus when he says, I came to seek the lost. Jesus was always so calm and kind in his metaphors. He would say, I I came to seek sinners. I came to heal the sick. Paul, you know him. If you've read his writings, you know that he is a blunt writer. He wrote it down in, in this way. He said, Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That's it. This is a sermon series. It's called Gospel Essentials. I could say amen to the entire sermon series with this statement. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I'll tell you this. I thank God that it's nothing less than that. That Christ Jesus came to save sinners. We're going to dig into this for a moment, what it looks like to have less than the gospel. I want to do this for you. I want to help you recognize if this is in your heart. There's a a false gospel that many people hold on to. It's a gospel that's less than the true gospel. I've heard it hundreds of times. It's the gospel that says that Christ Jesus came into the world to accept sinners. That Jesus came to sit down with sinners to show them that they're okay just the way that they are. I've heard that false gospel a hundred different times in a hundred different scenarios with a hundred different agendas. That Christ Jesus came down into the world to sit down with sinners to show other people that they're people too. That Christ Jesus came into the world to show us how to love ourselves better, to show us how to give ourselves some grace, to show us how to forgive each other for our faults. can I get really blunt with you this morning like the Apostle Paul? That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And I'm going to go so far as to say, I'm going to go a step further here. I don't think any of us want that to be the gospel. I don't think you want that to be the gospel. That Christ Jesus came to accept sinners to show us how to love ourselves better. You know, I, I think if Jesus were to come to me to say, Paul, I accept you just the way that you are with your flaws and all, that would not thrill me. I know myself. I know all too well that I am not a good man. I know the things that I struggle with. I know the sins that I'm trying to get in order. I don't think that I want to accept myself the way that I am. I don't think I want my wife and my kids to accept me the way that I am. I don't think I want my God to accept me just the way that I am. I don't think that would thrill me. I think it would sound more like a death sentence. If Jesus were to come to me and say, Paul... I accept you just the way that you are. I think I would hear him saying, Paul, you're stuck just the way that you are. The things that you struggle with, they're always going to be a struggle, but it's okay. The doubts that you have, those are always going to be doubts. You're never going to be free of them. 
the anxiety that you feel, you're always going to be anxious about it. I don't think any of us wants that to be the gospel. And again, that's not from me. It's from the Apostle Paul. It's from God's word. You know what Paul said about himself? He was so thankful. He said, I'm so thankful that, that, that Christ has considered me to be trustworthy to carry the gospel even though, this is what he says about himself, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. <clears throat> now think about that. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the great apostle. This is the great missionary of the early Christian church. He says, I was once a blasphemer. Do you know what a blasphemer is? It's someone who looks at the face of God and curses him. And Paul goes further. He said, not only do I, did I diss God to his face, I also was active in the community of people that was trying to kill his church. I was part of those planning meetings. I made those inspirational speeches to people. I wanted Christ's church to be done. And not only did he say that he tried to kill Christ's church, he said he did it violently. He was part of that. He was part of ripping babies out of mother's arms because they were Christians. He was a part of throwing people in jail for their whole life because they were Christians. He was part. He stood by and laughed while a man named Stephen had rocks thrown at him until he was dead. That was the Apostle Paul. He said, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Paul knows this about himself. And he has repented about that in himself. And he doesn't want a Christ who's okay with that. Who's okay with his sin. And he wants us to, to have the same spirit that he has. He wants us to identify with him so that we can realize that sin is not okay. So that we can see that Jesus did not come into the world to show us that he's okay with our bad. That Jesus did not arrive here to prove to us that our sins aren't as bad as we think we are. That would not be the gospel at all. You know what that would be? That would be denial. And Christ did not come to earth to help us deny reality. He came to save us from it. That's what Paul said. He said, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Now, when Paul says this phrase, he says, here is what you base your life on. Here is the lens through which you see the world. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Christ Jesus came to save sinners, to save sinners. This isn't a Christ who came to say that he's okay with our bad. This is a Christ who came to say that our bad is so bad that we were separated from God. 
And that without him, we would have been separated from God forever. This is a Christ who says, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. This is a Christ. The, the Bible says this about him, that Christ became sin. He became sin. So that we could be sinless. <clears throat> this is a Christ. The Bible says this about him, that Christ became unacceptable to God so that we could be holy to him. That's the gospel. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to save you. Now, I had two goals for this sermon. The first goal is that I want you to know the gospel. I want you to know that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. Now, what I want to do with the final couple paragraphs here is I want to show you that the gospel is for you. If there's anything that Paul wanted to communicate with this text, he wanted to communicate that the gospel is for every sinner. He wanted to communicate that when it comes to sin, there is no one who can outrun the gospel. He wanted to communicate that there is no rebel who can out-sin the grace of God. That's what he wanted to show. That's what he was looking to accomplish when he exposed all of the sin in himself. He wasn't saying, I'm the chief of sinners, so that he could wear it as a badge of honor on himself. He exposed those things about himself so that you could know something that's true for you. <clears throat> you cannot outsin Jesus. You cannot outrun the grace of God. You cannot. And you need to know that. Because there, I know that there are some of you in here this morning who in a very low moment might start thinking to yourself, there is so much sin and I don't think God will forgive it all. I want you to know in that low moment about Paul. You want to talk about wild living? You want to talk about an amount of sin? How about Paul? How about the man who laughed as a man of God was stoned at his feet? He was forgiven. The gospel is for you. You need to know that. I know there are some of you here in this, in this room this morning who are struggling with all kinds of guilt. Maybe you're struggling with the guilt that, that you haven't been connected to a church like you know you should have been. How about Paul? Who shows you that he was part of the movement that tried to kill the church? The gospel is for you. You have to know that. Some of you are struggling here this morning, thinking, struggling with your faith. Thinking one thing, saying one thing, doing another thing. Paul was the, was the hypocrite of all hypocrites. The gospel is for you. You need to know that. That's the whole point of Paul. He was shown mercy. Paul says this. This is, this is in this text, that he was shown mercy so that Jesus could display in him his immense patience as an example. And you could translate that word example as prototype. So Paul is saying, here's how the gospel works. 
He says, I want you to look at me so that you can see an example of the chief of sinners being forgiven. So that you can know that the gospel is true for you. So that you can know you have perfect life in Jesus. This is my final note for you today. Paul, the chief of sinners, is God's prototype for the gospel. For this purpose. So that you can believe the gospel's truth for you, too. So that you can believe right here, right now. even though you are the chief of sinners, you are saved. You are loved. You have an eternal life waiting for you with Jesus in heaven. That is the truth that drew crowds around Jesus like he was a magnet. That was the truth that made prostitutes weep with joy in his presence. That is the truth that made a cynical old apostle coin a new word because he knew there was no word in the Greek language that could stand with the grace of God. That's the truth that's here for you, to comfort you today, to thrill you today, for you to believe right here, right now, for you to bank your life on. It is the only truth that's worth building a life on. It is the most sure thing of all creation that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That Christ Jesus came to save 